Testing, testing. One, two, three. Is is this thing even on? Wow, it's been a it's been a while. But welcome to taking the F out wrestling and entertainment podcast. I'm your host Dan Christian, and um, and yeah, it's been a it's been a while since the last episode. Um, I believe last episode was after the WWE payback um, pay per view, which was all the way in late. August, early September, so it's been it's been a while, and a lot's happened. Um, kind of just <laughs> during this period since I did the last pod. Um, Roman Reigns is just unbelievable. Big E is now the Intercontinental Champion. The Undertaker retired. I mean, there's a lot been going on. There's a lot that's happened. Um, but I'm back. I'm back now, and the pod's going to be a regular feature on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, so I, I I went away for a while just to kind of focus on personal stuff. Um, obviously, living in a, living in the midst of a pandemic isn't the best for anyone's mental health. Um, so I had to kind of go away and kind of focus on mine for a bit. Um, and there's also some other stuff that happened in the meantime. Um, I unfortunately lost my job, so I had to focus on kind of uh, figuring that stuff out and just yeah, just consistently working on doing other projects that I had as well, apart from this, but I'm back now to give this the, the whole focus that it needs uh, from now uh, until I decide, ultimately decide to actually end this for real. So let's, let's, let's jump into some stuff without further ado. So I want to talk about the WrestleMania schedule that got released last week. Um, so they released all the WrestleMania dates from now until 2023. Let's quickly take a quick look at those for those who might not have seen it as of yet. So this year's WrestleMania is going to be uh, in Tampa Bay. It's essentially it's essentially the same theme WrestleMania as what we were supposed to have last year, but of course everything got rewrited to the Performance Center. The one characteristic that is similar to last year is the fact that it's going to be spread out over two days. So it's going to be a Saturday and a Sunday event from April 10th to April the 11th um, at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. So it's interesting because I think the two-day format worked really well. And I know they're trying to get some fans live in the stadium. Um, I know for certain playoff games in, in Florida, uh, from, a, from an NFL point of view, I'm not sure how it is for college football, but they've been able to have some fans in the stadium. So I'm, I'm getting the inclination that there'll be not a massive amount, but there'll be some fans. They'll try and work into the stadiums to get a bit more of a live fair feel because WrestleMania just wasn't, just wasn't the, just wasn't the same about the fans last year. I mean, it was, it was a good program. There's some great matches, but it just didn't have the feel of certain, certain guys coming out for pops and when certain things happen in the event. I mean, look at Kevin Owens versus, uh, Seth Rollins when Kevin Owens dropped off the WrestleMania sign and put Rome, uh, sorry, and put Seth Rollins through the table. That just didn't have the same desired effect that it normally would have had. So let's hope there's going to be some kind of some nuances and, and little things for this year's WrestleMania with a live crowd and in the outdoor arena, more more importantly, that we get. And the twenty twenty two WrestleMania is going to be in Dallas. So that's going to be at the Cowboy Stadium. So that's going to be quite interesting because that will essentially kind of have the same feel as the 20, 2015 WrestleMania, in, in honesty, because I'm not too sure what matches we can plan for that as of yet. Um, but it'll be an interesting one. So that's just going to be over one day format. Hopefully we can have some form of normality and get people back um, into a full capacity arena at that point. But the one I'm so fixated on at the moment is, and we're going to talk about, a little bit about Dream Match Mania um, shortly after this, but 2023, 
it's going to be at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. So that's the stadium where the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers, San Diego Chargers, realistically, um, play their NFL football. It's a massive new arena uh, that's, that's been built in Inglewood. So that is going to be where the 2023 WrestleMania is. So it's, and the title is, again, WrestleMania Hollywood. That is so interesting for a myriad of reasons for two things. One, that is the one where that is the event where I would target Roman Reigns versus The Rock as a dream match. That has to happen at that WrestleMania, in honesty. Um, that will give me very that will put Roman over to 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 an unmuffed degree. And I think Dwayne will be able to kind of forward plan and get a timing schedule to be able to run a full a, a full schedule really to hype up the event leading off from the WrestleMania in 2023 to that to that um Sorry, from the Royal Rumble in 2023 to that WrestleMania in 2023. So we're really interested. The second one I'm looking at for that is, and this is something that Randy Orton talked about, and it, it makes sense on paper, but some of the aspects don't really make sense for me. But I'm going to talk about Randy Orton a little bit later on as well. A retirement match between Randy Orton and John Cena, where the winner sets the new record for world title championship reigns. And they both have to retire afterwards. And I think the interesting thing that Randy said in this is that Cena would be the heel and have Ric Flair in his corner. I think it's a little too late to pull the, the trigger on John Cena being the heel. Uh, that really should have happened after the WrestleMania 30 in 2014. But that's an interesting concept and we want to kind of keep our eyes on. But that 2023 WrestleMania is one that I'm targeting for, for me to attend in person um, and just in hype in general, really, because I think we're going to get a lot of good stuff in regards to that. Um, that it's it's going to make so much sense when, for, for, a rock, for a rock WrestleMania. <laughs> um, another rock WrestleMania moment there. But let's just kind of move on to a tweet that I saw Um last week and it was regarding some dream match mania stuff um so the tweet was from an account called uh, lbb world and essentially just said which dream match you wish happened out of these four and, and the matches were bret hart versus kurt angle eddie guerrero versus Shawn michaels sting versus dylan Saker, and stone cold debossing versus brock lesnar so the one we can kind of quickly cross off there is Stone Cold Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't really think that would have worked um, because obviously of, of Austin's health and his knees and obviously his neck stuff that he had going on. So I don't think he would have been the kind of physical clash of champions that we really wanted to be. And Brock probably would have finished him off. It, it, it could have ended up in a bit of a squash match considering how Brock was at that time in the early 2000s. So that's not one that would really be on the cards for me. Um, the other three, however, uh, are really good possibilities. So let's just cut to Eddie versus um, Sean. And I'm relatively sure this was a match that was planned to happen, but unfortunately, Eddie did pass away uh, before we could kind of get that match. Um, that would have been high-flying, just, just wrestling brilliance, really, from two of, from one of the dirtiest players in the game, the, my personal favourite wrestler of all time, Eddie Guerrero. And, and, and Shawn Michaels. So that would have been a masterclass uh, for me and would have been one of the matches that we would have talked about for, for years to come. Of course, Sting versus Taker is one that we've, we've always wanted to see. And I think we're all quite upset this, it's never happened, really. It just always seemed that at one point in their career that that would kind of 
be a natural crossover. That would be a mass that we'd have at some point. Um, and I'm quite surprised that it never did happen at, um, at the WrestleMania in 2015 when Sting faced when Sting faced uh, Triple H. Um, so it's, it's, it's just so weird that that never happened and that wasn't a natural one. But obviously, I know Taker wasn't in the best shape then and he probably wouldn't have wanted to do it or, or put it over if it wasn't the product that he could deliver and put his mark and say that I gave it my all. Um, and me and Sting put on a classic together. But I mean, the, the match between Sting and, and Triple H was really good because you had the whole DX and NWO factor that really kind of bubbled over in the mid-90s and kind of then came to fruition for, for you know, the, uh, the the older guys and, you know, the teenagers and the older girls like myself um, could really kind of appreciate them. But I think the, the one match you got to look at here is the, what would have been an unreal match, but um, unfortunately due to Bill Goldberg kicking Bret Hart in the head, we, we will never know. Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle would have been a technical wrestling masterclass. You've got one of the greatest of all time in Bret Hart um, with, you know, a two-time Olympic gold medalist who wrestled on a freaking broken neck. That would have been unbelievable. Um Kurt with some of the high flying stuff and just the, just the technical wrestling galore. There would have been ankle locks for days. There would have been sharpshooters for days. It would have been, oh my god, that would have been something you could you could watch back for for, for years and years to come. Um, but I think all, all, all I think all four of them are really good matches on paper. But the three of them that I, that I noted, obviously Brett versus Kurt, Eddie versus um, HBK, and of course Sting versus Taker would have been would have been the standout ones for me. Um, yeah, I think if you put that HBK versus any match in kind of like the 0405 range, that would have been one of the matches of the decade, man. Um, that would have been absolutely sensational. But I guess it's 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 nice to have these what ifs because you can have the hypothetical hypothetical ways of how these um, how these matches would have gone and how they would have really turned out and the, and the crowd reaction and stuff. So it's really good to kind of have these hypothetical situations we can and we can talk them out. So let's move on to talking about um, and Raw over the past couple of weeks and a couple of few months. Let's just talk about what's been working well and what's not been no, what's not been working well. I think first and foremost, what's not been working well is the fact that it's a three-hour runtime still. It's now the B show in comparison to SmackDown, in my opinion. And it, it's struggling to really fill out the three hours in terms of the in terms of the enjoyment aspect. So we're getting a lot of crappy promos. And I mean, we all saw the Bobby Lashley um Matt Riddle thing from, from from Monday night where Bobby Lashley stomped on the ground and Matt Riddle made it look like the <laughs> he'd stepped on his foot. And it was, it's, it's really insulting to us as an audience. I think that we're just going to buy that and kind of like, okay, cool. That wasn't a botch promo whatsoever. Uh, although saying that, I did just see Chris Jericho tend to do a lion salt uh, with his, you know, <laughs> pastry riddled body. And that was that was not good. So, I mean, it's part kettle black, really, if it's an indie versus a thingy <laughs> thing. But, yeah, I think Raw is really strong in certain areas because you've got, of course, you've got all the stuff between kind of Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee, um, and and Sheamus as well. So that that's really been meshing together quite well. I've enjoyed a lot of the aspects between between Miz kind of getting back the money in the brief money in the bank briefcase and lurking in the background in in terms of cash that in. But of course, we've got the other aspect of now. It would have made sense to run um, a Drew McIntyre Keith Lee match for the for the Royal Rumble, but 
it's, it's a strange one because we don't know how the, for, for the first time in a while I don't know what direction they're going to go in for the men's rumble in terms of winners but we'll talk about that later on but of course now after Raw Legends night which which didn't really hit the, the heights that I thought it would we've now got Goldberg versus um, Drew McIntyre schedule for for the Royal Rumble in a few weeks which I think is going to be it's going to be a really weird match because I don't think they match up well together whatsoever but it's taking an opportunity away from someone to kind of put themselves in the spotlight and make a claim, you know, from go for a B-list and A-list player on the raw roster as it is, because they do need someone to kind of come out and be a standout star. Saying that though, uh, in terms of standout stars, um, what MVP has done since his return in terms of getting together Bobby Lashley, getting together Sheldon Benjamin, getting together Cedric Alexander, forming the Hurt business together, uh, the promos they've been cutting, the matches they've been having, and the stuff with last year as well, it hasn't been squash context, the squash matches either. They've been really good technical matches too, where obviously his power comes into play, but there's been really good moments where you can watch it and say, okay, cool, this isn't just a one-sided affair. This is a match that I can really get into, like I can really watch. Um, and I have to credit a lot of MVP with that too. And some of the stuff he's, MVP has been doing with his promos for, for, for the group, and by himself, it's just been absolutely superb, man. That guy is just that guy's something else. Um, wow, um, it's it's been a breath of fresh air having him come back to the WWE, and what he's been able to do in terms of developing the group and kind of nurturing it um, has been a breath of fresh air for Raw. I really actually really interesting to see some of the ways that they're going to go down in terms of the tag team route on Raw now because you. I mean, the Raw Tag Team Champions are still Shelton Benjamin and yeah, Cedric, ben, Cedric Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, and they beat um, the New Day to claim back those titles. So it's going to be really interesting to see what's going on uh, going through forward now. Uh, same with the same with the US title, realistically. Um, I mean, Bobby's held that for nearly 150 days where he beat Apollo Crews who's now on Smackdown so it's going to be interesting to see what they do in terms of positioning that it does very much seem like it's going to be Bobby Lashley versus um, Matt Riddle for the for the United States Championship which I, I guess could be a, guess could be a good good contest a good clash of kind of uh, two up and I say up and coming uh, one up and coming and one uh, kind of grizzled veteran there really the interesting aspects as well for, for Raw coming the women's division, and I'm 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 really not happy about how they're kind of like segmenting Oscar to being like a character player again. She's such a good wrestler, um, and we all ultimately know where this road is going to lead down in terms of her title reign. It's more than likely probably going to be um, Charlotte versus Oscar at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. I mean, they're both currently the women's tag team champions at the moment kind of um, going up against uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler which I expect to be one of the matches for Royal Rumble that hasn't been announced yet um, and then it, it's a difficult one because you love what Oscar does but also Charlotte Charlotte, and she's very good at what she does so it's going to be interesting to see what happens from, from there from that point of view but we've also got a lot of the, the other guys kind of coming to fruition as well Um. So you've got Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke in terms of tag team partnership. They're playing. They're, they're, they're doing really well together. Um, so it's looking fairly promising for the Raw Women's Division. Um, so it's going to be interesting where we go, kind of going forward for that. There's some other aspects of Raw that we'll kind of talk about 
throughout the next few weeks. But it's going to be it's just going to be an interesting one to see where it goes down. Really, um, of course, you've got all the retribution stuff with uh, Mustafa Ali um, and him kind of going up against Ricochet. So that's it's it, it's an interesting storyline to have in the background, but it's it's a difficult one to kind of really execute with what they're trying to do there. But let's see what happens with that going forward. Um, I want to talk about AJ Styles. Um, I thought AJ Styles was kind of not, not not done as a main eventer, but I thought he was kind of taking a little bit of a back seat and worked some of the more intercontinental level of things. But boy, the past few past few weeks he's been on, on top on top four. One of the Styles clash finishes he did on Ricochet on Monday night was absolutely just superb. And the match he put together against Drew McIntyre at um, TLC back in December was was really good. I really liked the, the amazing introduction there too. So it's gonna be interesting to see with AJ going going forward now what 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 the uh, what what the deal is there because I can possibly see him winning the Rumble again. Um, so an AJ Styles, Keith Lee, and Drew McIntyre uh, fatal freeway for the for the WWE Championship at uh, WrestleMania will be will be interesting side to see um, going forward. Of course, I've got to talk about Randy Orton. Um, possibly one of the best runs I've seen from him in 2020. The promos were absolutely insane. The matches he were in were absolutely insane. Um, and he's done so much to put, put guys over in 2020 that it's just it's. You look at the I mean, you look at the guy a few years ago, and you're thinking, "What a prick! What an asshole!" And the 180 he's done. In his personal life and his personality, um, to educate himself and just become a better person, he's just he's really remarkable. Um, you know, he's 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 put over Drew McIntyre so much last year. Um, he put over Edge on his return. He's he's just done so much and bringing back the Legend Killer persona for a brief period last year as well, which is was just awesome. The promos he's been cutting again, awesome. The matches he's been wrestling in, awesome. Um, so I'm really interested to see where this angle with Bray Wyatt leads going forward because that could be another match that we see at Res- uh, um, WrestleMania. Uh, it could be another WrestleMania match, in all honesty, but I can see it being definitely one that we look for uh, for the Royal Rumble going forward. But yeah, Randy Orton, I mean, I, I, I've never been more invested in Randy Orton um, than, than in 2020. He's just been absolutely just ridiculous ridiculously good and ridiculously consistent delivering it on a night in night out basis so i'm just i'm really looking to see what else he can do um going forward just because the promos are as good as they've ever been <laughs> and the matches have been equally good as well so let, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see him in the rumble as well but let's just see what what what's um what's, what's planned for randy going forward because uh, uh, in honesty when he won the championship at um, Hell in a Cell against Drew, I was looking forward to a kind of, I say kind of lengthy, probably at least until Elimination Chamber reign uh, for Randy. So it's going to be interesting to see how that is going to work going forward. Uh, before I kind of talk about um, SmackDown and do a bit of SmackDown appreciation, because my word, that show has been absolutely fantastic for the, probably the past three months at the moment. I want to talk a little bit about um, Mark Henry versus Ryback, which I thought was, um, was pretty funny. Um, so it all comes from, it all essentially boils down from from this tweet that Ryback said, and Mark Henry took a lot of offence to it. Um, 
and essentially called him an asshole, etc. So let's just dig into this. So Ryback initially tweeted the following. Uh, Wrestling's fake guys in the championships are props to market entertainers as champions, quotation marks. Nobody has actually ever won or lost a prop. A scripted physical entertainment isn't capable of that. This tweet explains so much, though, on your TV deal with them. Uh, it just sounds that that comes across as incredibly bitter and um, and a bit heartbroken, honestly, because this is a guy who was always consistently trying to push for a WWE title reign, but just could never. He's one of those guys where you look at him and you think, yeah, physically he can look like a WWE champion, but he just hasn't got the minerals for it. To to be completely honest with you, and he just wasn't that good. Um, I don't think you can ever say that anyone really enjoyed a ride back and ride back match in your entire life. But I just want to read what Mark Henry said in following uh, to, to kind of kind of this response because he absolutely tore him a new one. Um, so let's let's get this off. A lot of his peers look at him as difficult. A lot of his peers looked at him as dangerous. And yes, we talk about it on his on this show all the time that WWE is a show. It's sports entertainment. It's a reflection of sports. He doesn't use the term fake. The championship is a championship. It's not a prop, and he's wrong. I've been a world champion on free sports, and I consider pro wrestling one of those, which is completely true. Ryback can't take away what I achieved. There's no way that you're bitter ass, and I'm talking to you, Ryback. Your name is not Ryback. I don't even know what your real name is. Skip, whatever it is, you are wrong. <laughs> I like the way that he just completely just disregarded the fact he's a kayfabe name. We didn't even know what his real name was. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Every wrestler that sees your face should walk walk up to you and say, hey, you're an asshole. And I hope you know how to fight for real because you know, and I know, there's a lot of people that would whoop your ass. <laughs> I do love Mark Henry because he, just, he, he can tell you how it is and he can tell you just, just, just what to do, really. Um, and yeah, I, I think Mark's completely right in what, in what he's saying um, because everything that he does right back comes across as just bitter and, you know, so... So hurt from his time in the wrestling business when he gave him the platform to kind of jump off on what he's doing now. Um, to kind of be this wounded animal figure that he comes across as Twitter. Because if you disagree with any of Ryback's opinions on Twitter, more than likely you've been blocked. Um, and I know a lot of people, a lot of actual wrestling journalists, and I consider myself to be one of them, are kind of like the, 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 the Alex McCarthy and Ryan Sattons of this world who do fantastic and tremendous work um, on, a, on a daily and weekly basis they've all been blocked by Ryback and they'd love to say that, oh, I'd love to tell you what his rebuttal was, but unfortunately I've been blocked. So yeah, I think the inclination is to kind of side with Mark Henry on this one because he's completely right. And Ryback just needs to get over it, man. He's in this next phase of his life where he's doing, he's clearly doing quite well for himself and he just needs to kind of just let it go. Let the hurt, let that hurt go. Let that man go. Um, and if you're serious about, you know, possibly coming back to wrestling, go and sign for AEW. You'll do well there. They put over big guys well. You versus MJF or Brian Cage. That would work quite well. So, you know, don't cry about it. Do something about it. Um, but let's move on to SmackDown. I want to call this real SmackDown appreciation house because, my word, everything about SmackDown is just fantastic. I want to start off with Shinsuke Nakamura. They brought back the 2018 version of Shinsuke Nakamura, and I could not be more happier. Um, the old music is back. Um, the coat's back. That kind of that strut, that jeu de voir that he has, that essence of Shinsuke is really back there. And it was all put down in that battle royale. Um, it's not battle royale, the gauntlet match that he had, um, not last week, the week before on SmackDown a fortnight ago, where he where he won, but obviously he was kind of 
put to bed by, by, by Roman Reigns as Roman Reigns is the tribal chief. He's your tribal chief. Um, and he's just, he's just so good. And it's just so good to see him kind of coming back into the frame and being a main stage player. I love the stuff that he's been doing with Cesaro recently um, in the past kind of month or so. But when you see this and how it's going now for Shinsuke, I look at him as a Royal Rumble winner going forward again. Um, and the King of Strong Style is 100% back. I, I can't wait to see where, the, where this, where this road, road goes to. Um, because the one thing about Shinsuke Nakamura is you look at his work that he did in um, New Japan, it's it's faultless. You look at the work he did in NXT, it's faultless. All the stuff he did up in the lead up to that Royal Rumble match of AJ Styles was faultless. And he really should have gone over that. And I'm hoping they're kind of making a play to pull the trigger with him. Um, maybe not on Roman, because I see Roman being champion for a CM Punk level of reign, because I don't see Roman losing for a long period of time. We'll, I'm going to talk about Roman in a minute, and this guy is absolutely money. He is cash fucking money at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'm, just, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this is going to go with Shinsuke and just how it's all going to form out. Um, I want to kind of just put the attention on Daniel Bryan for a moment because he's in this latter stage of his career where he's he's kind of admitted that he would like another kind of WWE championship reign. I think we'd all kind of deep down inside want another Daniel Bryan championship reign because we're robbed of um, the progression of the Yes Movement after WrestleMania 30 uh, by, by his injury, realistically. Um, but he's got he's kind of entered this Randy Orton phase, like what we talked about with Randy Orton earlier on, phase of his career where he's kind of looking at how he can develop a lot of the a lot of the SmackDown talent and help put them over. You know, he wants to have matches with guys like Grand Metalik, um and, and a lot of the, the, the I say, smaller players uh, in, in WWE and help, help them elevate to a new platform, kind of the, the Chad Gables, et cetera, of this world, um, which, which is really good. And it, it shows just how his passion for wrestling goes above and beyond kind of help putting himself over, which is really good to see. And not over that, that was that was on full display last week on SmackDown when he went up against Cesaro. And Cesaro is one of the great wasted talents in WWE at the moment. Um, I mean, all the stuff he did with Sheamus and the bar was fantastic because I always love when a good tag team comes together because tag team wrestling is one of the most underappreciated art forms in, in modern day wrestling, for my opinion. Um, you look at what the Usos have done uh, in the past few years. You look at what the New Day have accomplished, you know, with Biggie, Kofi, and and Woods, and it's absolutely it's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal stuff. What they've what they've all been able to do. I'm looking forward to see how Cesaro enters this next phase of his kind of solos career because he's been doing a lot of tag team stuff with Shinsuke, and that's been working quite well in terms of the, the mixed match matches that they get into. But Daniel Bryan put over Cesaro clean last week on SmackDown, and it was a little, it wasn't even a squash. It was a really good technical wrestling affair. Um, and I'm excited to see where this goes for Cesaro because the next guy I'm going to talk about, this could be a classic match if this ever gets done. And I hope it gets done for kind of like mania time. I'm so happy for Big E. I am so, so happy for Big E because no one deserves this more. No one makes me laugh more. No one makes me appreciate what you have to go through kind of on a, on a, on a daily basis to kind of get to the pinnacle of where you want to be uh, in your career more than, than, than Big E. He's possibly, um, if you put Seth Rollins and <laughs> Roman Reigns aside, he's probably my favourite guy to watch in the company at the moment. And him being intercontinental is a, is a combination of all the hard work and all the steps he wants to take in his career as a solo player 
coming to the fore. And I'm really excited to see where this kind of leads him down because I don't want him to lead him down the, the menacing path that he had when he was with uh, Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee. I want him to kind of keep that individuality, that the biggie spark because he's, he's lacking the same guy in the ring and on commentary that he is outside of the ring. He's just this charismatic bubble and I think we all love him for it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where this would go. But in terms of a future match, Big E versus Cesaro is definitely something that I really, really want to see. And it would be, uh, as, as Big E said, two big men with big chests, <laughs> with big muscles, bumping meat. <laughs> it's still, I still want the funniest clips I've seen to this day. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of where this path where this path takes him. Um, two of the other guys I want to talk about from the, from the men's point of view. Um, I'm not going to talk about too much about the street poppies because I think the street poppies are awesome. I love um, <laughs> I, I love both of those guys, um, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. They're just they're just proper guys. They they they, they love wrestling. They're a really good mixed match of, of both styles. You know, Montez with his high flying abilities and um, and Angelo with his kind of like just just brute strength and kind of thick ring uh, ring work really. Um, top guy and uh, top guys and I'm, I'm really looking to see kind of how they progress in the next few years because it, it's kind of it's weird to think that they're only still kind of like a year removed from NXT um, and they're still trying to make their way and put, put an impact on this roster so it's exciting times but um, I want to kind of shift the attention towards Jey Uso and Apollo Crews uh, Jey Uso again yeah, with, with Jimmy Al kind of like healing from his injury you look at the matches he's had against against his cousin Roman and some of the stuff he's been doing in the interim with the promos, etc. Guys, he's just gone to a completely another level. Um, and it's really good to kind of see him shining and make her a name, make, making a name for himself on a solo level. Um, the matches he put on with Roman um, towards the back end of last year were just absolutely fantastic from a narrative and a storytelling point of view. Some fantastic stuff. Um, and him being kind of the, the concierge um, Sorry, conciliaire, not concierge. That's the guy who helps you at the hotel. <laughs> the conciliary to um to, to Roman at the moment is just is fantastic stuff. He's doing a lot of the dirty work, but he's also doing a lot of the the heavy lifting in terms of kind of going up against Kevin Owen, Daniel Bryan, etc. In these matches and 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 coming out on top. So it's really good to see where this goes and the whole bloodline thing comes to fruition. Whether this kind of whole bloodline thing lasts until WrestleMania in in, in two thousand twenty three. Where I expect that Roman Reigns um, and the Rock match to, to really be held. That's going to be something we'll have to see from here. But no, it's um, it's looking really promising for Jay. And, and of course, Apollo looking for that Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman mentorship to kind of take himself to the next level. And man, I'm going to talk about Paul and Bennett when I'm talking about Roman. But it, when it said he was stepping down from Raw to kind of taking more in ring opportunities, I was really confused about by what that meant at the time. But you see what's happened in the past few months. The stuff he's been doing on um, talk, uh, Talking Smack. Uh, the guy's the GOAT manager. The guy's one of the GOAT promoters. The guy's just one of the, the GOATs in general. He's such an entertaining guy. And I, I can't believe he's still, he's still managing to do it, in all honesty. Um, but kind of before we close the, the book on, 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 on SmackDown appreciation, I want to talk about the women's, the women's division on SmackDown. Uh, which is led by my my favorite all time women's wrestler Sasha Banks. She's 
she's absolutely she's she's phenomenal. Some of the stuff she the stuff she's been doing in, in 2020, uh, when she when she kind of made her kind of second secondary return, and what she's been doing as as, as champ with promos and every match that she puts on, regardless of the opponent, is going to be must watch TV. It's going to be something you don't want to shy away from. And she's absolutely balling out of control, and it's just good to see, man. Because if you watch the documentary of her return on the WWE Network. She was kind of going through a lot at that time. Um, so she's good to see her kind of being in the spotlight and being the main player we all know she can be. Um, but let's not take the spotlight away from the other from the other women in the division. Bailey has been absolutely phenomenal uh, from a promo and a wrestling point of view. Um, not even in the past few weeks, but probably for the past 18 months, she's been on the top of her game ever since the heel turn. It's fantastic stuff. I'm really looking to see what happens with Bianca Belair going forward. Um, she's definitely going to be in the in the title picture coming coming up soon, um, and yeah, it's just you've even got like the little stuff, kind of like uh, the Riot Squad, what they're doing, what they're doing there to kind of build themselves back up after kind of the antimonious spit that they had. It's going to be it's really exciting times for the women's division of SmackDown, and hopefully we get kind of another evolution pay per view um, to kind of really put them on the spotlight and showcase what they can do uh, because what they're doing is nothing short of sensation at the moment and it really shows you the evolutions of women the evolution of women's wrestling not only in the past 10 years but in the past two years where they've all become kind of like real good main event players and you want to stick their matches and watch it and see the aerial performances and just and the story that they're telling too so it's just just fantastic stuff and I can't really wax I I can't wax lyrical about uh, Smackdown much more than I can because at this point it's the fact that it's two hours is 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 the perfect amount of time, but it also feels like it's not enough time. But I guess when you factor in kind of uh, talking smack, etc., it, it adds up to a nice amount of time too. So I think SmackDown is definitely much watched TV if you're going to kind of invest your time in a wrestling discipline, kind of going forward on a weekly basis. And time might not be of the essence anymore. But of course, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And if you're looking just for something to kind of blow up a little bit of steam and just give you a little bit of um excitement i think smackdown is definitely the one for you now let's get into it let's talk about let's just talk about roman reigns man um this is what we all wanted this is what we all asked for we just wanted that that heel that badass that guy who does what he wants and just puts his authority down roman reigns and boy i have never been more excited i i, I never saw roman reigns as the, I, I never fully understood the hate for roman going forward, uh, kind of like he was anointed the chosen one, etc. blah, 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 blah. Um, but this is definitely all what we wanted. He's very much an anti-hero, but he does it in such a kind of calm way. And stuff he's been doing with Kevin Owens in the past few weeks um, has been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, with the promise from both sides, in, in, in all honesty, um, Roman is just, oh, my word, Roman is the whole thing that Roman's doing at the moment with the whole um, it's the, I'm, I'm better than you attitude this is my show, I run Smackdown ahead of the table tribal chief it's just, and the guy is just something else um, it's it's great stuff to watch it's great stuff to consume and it's what we wanted from him going forward um, again you kind of look at the stuff he's been doing with, with, with Kevin Owens for the past month that we face off each other facing off against each other at, um, at Royal Rumble. So that's going to be a, a violent affair because I think it's an iron, it is an Iron Man match. <laughs> so 
it's either Iron Man or Last Man Standing. I have to double check, but after what happened at TLC and kind of the subsequent after when he threw him off the um <laughs> off the uh, the video boards, the Thunderdome, man, he was something else, man. Like the guy is just he's pure entertainment. The promos he's been doing are just just phenomenal work. Um, I want to play the clip that he did when he absolutely just beat Kevin Owens' ass backstage and made a made an appeal to his wife and his kids to um, if, if if you love daddy then you won't let him wrestle me. So let's, let's just quickly play that. I've ever been formerly in a I'm Roman Reigns. I'm the head of the table. I'm the tribal chief. Your tribal chief. I'm the guy that put the roof over your head. I'm the guy that put the food on your table. And if you don't talk some sense into your husband, kids, if you don't talk some sense into daddy, I'm gonna be the guy that takes the food off the table. I mean, come on. The guys, the guys just cutting fire promos, cash shit, talking cash shit. And it looks like he's evolved his work in ring as well, which is the most amazing thing to me. The guillotine um, submission finisher is, is, is phenomenal. He's in fantastic shape. Um, it looks like he's got a bit more speed too. And he's been putting on really good, really good matches, of course, with, with Jey Uso. Um, he had a match with Braun Strowman that was really good too. And these matches with Kevin Owens have been, have been really good affairs. Um, of course, you know, ladder matches. Um, I just, there was a steel cage match as well that was just fantastic. Um, and of course, <laughs> I mean, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns in the Hell in a Cell would be, would be something to watch. So, but no, man, if, if you're going to invest in the main player at the moment, Roman Reigns is the way to go. And if you just want to watch clips and, and matches of someone at the moment, you can't look further than Roman Reigns because what he's doing at the moment is something that we've always asked for. And long may it continue, man, because I, I really want a, a long reign from Roman because this truly is the Roman Empire and he is the head of the table. Long live our tribal chief. I was going to do a little bit of a quick look towards the Royal Rumble and my thoughts on that, but I've got a show next week with a few friends of mine that we're going to do. We're going to talk about all things Royal Rumble, our predictions, um, what we think a, a, a key highlights are going to be, because I want to wait for, for all the matches to come out, really. I want to wait for the full slate to come out. Um, I'm going to see from that point. We might look at some of the betting odds as well. So it's going to be a really fun time. So, so look out for that to drop at some point next week on the lead up to the Royal Rumble when we get a lot more of the matches confirmed and we see who the four entries are. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really fun time. But I want to finish up this week by thanking you guys. Um, if you're listening, if you if you tune in after a long time, um, I'm glad to be back. Um, so yeah, let's see where we can go forward for not only for myself, but for wrestling in 2021, because I think wrestling in 2021 is going to be a really good immersive experience. Um, hopefully we get some guys, hopefully we get some fans back in the arenas for, for a nice, for a nice, um, for a nice effect. But for me in these dark times during the pandemic, wrestling has been a really good escape and something that I can focus on and just be invested in. And I really want to thank all the performers and, and WWE for putting on fantastic pay-per-views in 2020 i don't think there was one poor pay-per-view where i look at it on paper and say i didn't really have fun watching that i had fun watching every single one of them and long may continue into 2021 so that has been your episode of taking the f out the rebirth podcast 
We will see you next week with our Royal Rumble show. Until then, stay safe. We'll see you soon.